from Public Radio. Next, Rethinking Heroes. What if you found out that all the deadly conflicts from Ukraine to Israel and Palestine all had exactly the same thing in common? And it's not religion, it's not ethnicity, it's not terrorism, and it's not Nazis, as Vladimir Putin's official rationale has been. Later, as the world's psyche is battered by PTSD, we talk to a leading Canadian therapist whose therapy technique can help the battle-weary in all of us, on any shore and in any situation. It's all next on Rethinking Heroes. Next, Rethinking Heroes. Rethinking Heroes, life after the military. I've spent a decade taking a bite out of conspiracy theories, unraveling urban legends, and grappling with worldwide top secret issues. I've even racked up some of their awards. Wow, I mean, first of all, what a question. Journalism is about telling the truth, all while ferreting out the bottom line. I'm a Harrison Hellraiser. Uh-oh, with me, Gary Harrison, as your guide. Rethinking Heroes, Life After the Military, with Carrie Harrison. Carrie Harrison with you, and this is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Glad to be with you. I have a little hearing problem today because I had major inner ear surgery last week, so I'm actually deaf in my right ear, but they tell me within three weeks, three months, my hearing will be restored And the tinnitus will go away, all that from getting certified to go scuba diving and the scuba instructor taking a major shortcut and blowing out my right ear. But there is hope if you have tinnitus, and I'm happy to tell you about that another time. Just shoot me an email and I will tell you what my experience is like and the cure, the fix that I'm undergoing right now through some really uh, smart ENT moves. Well, I'm now going to tell you the strange true story of the daughter of America's first master spy. First master spy in the Middle East, as a matter of fact, and her name is Charlotte Dennett. She's going to offer a different perspective on the wars ranging in Israel and Gaza and Ukraine based on decades of research into the mysterious death of her father after his top secret mission to Saudi Arabia in 1947. Her father, master spy, Daniel Dennett, was the head of the counterintelligence for the forerunner of the CIA when he traveled to Saudi Arabia to decide whether uh, the oil would flow to Lebanon or Haifa, Palestine, as it was at the time, uh, as in current Israel, Palestine, that is. His plane crashed two weeks after he filed his last report. But why? Well, after relying on declassified documents at the National Archives and after suing the CIA for additional information about her father, who now has a wing of the CIA named after him. She's going to show you how today's conflicts are influenced by global power struggles to control oil and natural gas resources. Charlotte Dennett, recognized for her expertise in resource-based politics, goes beyond Arabs versus Jews to zero in on those who have set these peoples against each other in a purposive divide and rule quest to control and profit from the most coveted resources in history, the oil that fuels the world's militaries and the natural gas that fuels modern industries. Charlotte Dennett's latest book, Follow the Pipelines and Covering the Mystery of a Lost Spy and the Deadly Politics of the Great Game for Oil, reveals a dozen secret pipeline maps showing how the distribution of fossil fuels which is ironic during a time when we're being so brutally and daily clobbered by climate change, fossil fuel is still the big one. Her maps show how the distribution of fossil fuels via pipelines has resulted in military protection of those same pipelines, often leading to war like the war in Israel and Gaza as we speak. What you didn't know is the Palestinians long ago claimed the oil and gas fields off the Gaza coast which would have given them the financing to establish their own Palestinian state, independent of an Israeli occupation. But Israelis blocked this in 2007, saying that the $1 billion in proceeds from this so-called Gaza Marine would threaten Israel's national security. Could be. Ironically, it was Israel's creator, the British, that had planned to buy all that gas from the Palestinians. Then in 2014, Prime Minister Netanyahu launched a massive invasion of Gaza called Operation Protective Edge, 
with the aim of uprooting the recently democratically elected Hamas. To ins- I know, it was actually democratically elected. One of the most internationally observed elections, yet they did win. Nonetheless, there they are. And uh, his goal with Operation Protective Edge was to uproot that democratically elected Hamas to ensure Israeli monopoly over the Gazan gas field. Even the London Guardian wrote, quote, Israeli Defense Force Gaza assault is to control Palestinian gas. Resource competition, quote, has increasingly been at the heart of the conflict. This time, 2,100 Palestinians were killed, three quarters of them civilians. So what we're seeing today is simply a rerun on steroids. Wall Street is banking on Prime Minister Netanyahu's long-term ambition to turn Israel into an energy corridor along the eastern Mediterranean, funneling its newfound offshore natural gas to Europe via pipelines while bypassing Russia. Israel's two attacks on Gaza in 2008 and 2014 occurred to uproot that surprisingly uh, democratically elected Hamas. With me now is Charlotte Dennett, attorney, best-selling author, and investigative journalist, lauded by Time magazine and heralded by the late and legendary historian Howard Zinn for her investigative prowess. Charlotte Dennett, daughter of the late master spy after whom the CIA has named that wing, reveals the real men behind the war curtain at whose hands we are televising some sort of religious battle. At least that's how the people of Earth view it if they're watching TV, generally listening to the radio or reading the newspaper. It is more than that. As the original Dr. Strangelove, Henry Kissinger, once said, you control the oil, you control the world. Charlotte Dennett, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Wow, that was a fantastic introduction. Thank you very much. Don't you love a lofty encomium? How often do you get those on a daily basis? Really? You did a great job. (laughs) Thank you. Well, you've done the great job. I'm just shining a light on it. So let's just dive right on into it. Charlotte Dennett, in what ways does the utilization and control of oil resources factor into the notion of world supremacy? Remembering that Germany lost two world wars because its military machine simply ran out of gas. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, it was the lessons of World War One and World War Two that were firmly imprinted uh, in the uh, planning strategies of um, government officials. They 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 learned that if you aspire to be a superpower, you cannot um, avoid the the pressing requirement access to oil and. This is something that I found out uh, by investigating the death of my father, whose whose last mission was to Saudi Arabia. And if you want, I'll I'll get into it. But it had a lot to do with what the terminal point would be of of the Trans-Arabian Pipeline. Um, Anyway, as I was saying, uh, oil oil is the fuel of the military. And that's one of the reasons why we don't hear much about it. It's very rarely in mainstream media that you're going to get the kind of analysis I, I give in my book, I, uh, Follow the Pipelines, um, because they it doesn't look good. Let's put it that way. What woman, what mother would want to send her, her children or her husband off to war if she knew it was really to advance the profits and the power of uh, petropowers, such as the United States and Russia, which are the two leading ones. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't stand for it. So in all these wars, other pretexts are given. Uh, The most recent pretext is by Israel uh, after the the vicious assault on Israeli uh, kibbutz and and settlements that happened earlier in October. Um, That certainly gave uh, Netanyahu his, his, his pretext to wipe Gaza off the map. It's, it's been on his agenda um, for well, at least since 2007 uh, to prevent um, Hamas uh, to get access to the Gaza Strip natural gas oil reserves off the eastern Mediterranean. 
So that's just the latest manifestations. I could talk about Ukraine, Yemen, so on. Well, we will. We will. Uh, let's well, let's actually dive into it. Let me ask you if you wouldn't mind kicking on your camera because the video stream of this ends up on our KPFK Facebook page. It ends up on our Rethinking Heroes pages, and we share this on TikTok and other places. We'd love to see you if we may. So please kick on your camera if you would. We're talking right now to Charlotte Dennett. She is an attorney, best-selling author, investigative journalist, lauded by Time Magazine, heralded by the late and legendary historian Howard Zinn for her investigative prowess. She's the daughter of the late master spy after whom the CIA has now named a wing, and she reveals who's really behind the war curtain and at whose hands we are all subject to believing this is some sort of religious battle when we're now finding out it's the same old canard as it was going into Iraq and now having oil derricks pumping 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 as they said in the movie i forget what that movie was pumping pumping whatever 1949 uh and so this is generally the plot of the play and that door is reopening as a true reality for all of us wondering how could two people hate each other so much for no reason that we're really given any evidence for and then we find giant organizations, whether it's the United States as a government itself with the largest military on earth, also the largest fuel consumer on earth is the U.S. military. And then all of uh, all of Europe backing this. Well, who gets the prize? And the prize, of course, being these giant volumes of natural gas and oil sitting there. Charlotte Dennett, in the context of the Gaza gas fields and their significance, what conflicting claims were made by Palestinians and Israelis about who actually owns all that gas and oil in the off the Gaza Strip? Well, it was the Palestinian Authority that was negotiating with British gas uh, to develop the field off of the Gaza coast. And um, so British gas went in there and they found sizable quantities of oil and natural gas. So Arafat who was alive at that time, uh, hailed this as, as a great a great boon to the concept of a Palestinian state that could be independent uh, of Israel and not occupied. But what happened is that um, as soon as those reserves were known to Israel, uh, there was a uh, concerted effort to prevent the Palestinians from profiting, as you had mentioned earlier on in your introduction, from profiting off, you know, a billion dollars worth of oil and gas. So uh, that's when they uh, launched one invasion of Gaza in 2007. And and that was right after uh, Hamas had taken control through an election. So uh, the invasion happened and it didn't, it didn't totally wipe out ha- Hamas. So then another one happened in 2014, and that caused more destruction. Uh, and it, it held off the uh, acquiring of the rights by the Palestinians to exploit that, those gas fields off their coast. And strangely enough, in June, just this past June, uh, Netanyahu suddenly agreed that he would do this, that, that he would uh, allow the Palestinians to exploit the oil and natural gas, which I found remarkable. Uh, and there's still a lot of debate about why that happened. Lebanon, and that overlapped with the Saudis, didn't it? Coming, uh, smoking a yeah. peace pipe with the Saudis, which is also uh, a, a, an unusual phenomenon, but obviously it spooked somebody. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the Saudi initiative, of course, happened a bit later. Um, and some people say that that's what triggered the Hamas attack because they felt that they they were going to be marginalized by this agreement. They were seeing all these agreements with, uh, you know, the uh, Abraham Accords and agreements with Morocco, Bahrain, uh, and they were trying to get Saudi Arabia. And, and only recently, Saudi Arabia looked like it was going to come on board. And I think the palace, the, the Hamas uh, saw that as an existential threat. They didn't. They didn't trust these big powers in uh, giving them sufficient, uh, uh, real sufficient um, go-aheads for the development of the oil and gas. So anyway, and and also political autonomy. I mean, they just saw they saw them being a marginal. So that could be 
uh, one of the reasons, a key reason for their assault, that they felt that um, they'd been in war too long. And I might add, when I was in Lebanon in the mid-70s, um, there was uh, also a, an effort to um, get the Palestinian state going. Um, but it dragged, it dragged, it just never happened. And that's why there's so much frustration, despite all these peace talks and so on, nothing's happened uh, constructively for a long time to have a Palestinian state. I, I, I'm certain that Netanyahu, who has a very, very right-wing base, I don't think he would allow it. And I think that this this war now has has just shelved that whole agreement. I've been reading up and it looks like it's being shelved. But I think, I think ultimately um, could be the administration uh, was hoping that Hamas could be uprooted. They would come up with a new plan and this would allow for the development of infrastructure, creating a whole energy uh, route along the, uh, the coast of, of the Mediterranean Sea in Israel has a good share of that coastline. And Israel itself wants to see itself as an energy corridor because it could send all that natural gas to Europe when Europe is you know, still racing around to find alternative supplies to Russian gas. So what we're watching is this, it's the great game of oil all over again. Yes, probably Russia. Russia may have been behind uh, the Hamas attack. Iran denies it. It's a great game all over again. Preventing truth decay. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-380-4194. 800-380-4194. That's 800-380-4194. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. That's 800-413-6441. Carrie Harrison here with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. We're about to launch a brand new big deluxe website that does all the things you've been asking for it to do. It was in a primary state for a long time. It's going to go into a 3D state. So I'm super excited to be able to announce that. We're talking right now to Charlotte Dennett, after uh, whom her uh, the CIA after her father, that is, a former master spy in the precursor to the CIA, was in Saudi Arabia determining where the oil pipelines ought to terminate. And uh, his plane mysteriously crashed some years ago. And now the CIA has named a wing after that same father. And of course, Charlotte had to sue the CIA to get more information. So uh, we could talk about swapping the deck chairs on the Titanic there, but it's pretty obvious who's got what skin and what game. Uh, Dick Cheney would certainly, if he's listening right now, be pleased to hear that oil is going to flow in volupt amounts uh, if, that, if the intended goal is met uh, from east to west, which is something that has happened since the beginning of time, since the establishment of the Middle East in ways that we understand it. And oil was created under their feet, except it belongs to us. Their oil under their feet belongs to us. Yet, if you were in Texas and someone in Mississippi said, well, that's my oil in Texas, even though I live in Mississippi, the Texans would probably pull their guns and say, no, it ain't. 
But we have a different view, I think, uh, from our remote standpoint in the United States, where we're just we don't understand relationships of other live humans to their own natural resources, uh, assuming that they're all ours, because we've been told that by Burger King. Sorry about the sarcasm, but I just can't avoid it now, can I? Speaking of which, let's talk about Jared Kushner as we Donald Trump is forever in the news. Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, had a so-called peace plan for the Middle East and had a plan to send Saudi oil to the Israeli port of Haifa. Here we go again. Yes, uh, this is is a huge irony. I've read up that there is a plan to sort of reopen the Trans-Arabian pipeline. Uh, Only its terminal point this time would not be in uh, southern Lebanon in the port of Sidon, where it ended up back in um, the early 50s. But this time, it would have its terminal point in Haifa. And and what I find so fascinating is that that my father's mission was to Saudi Arabia was to see which terminal point. And he was based in Lebanon. He favored Lebanon. The primary reason he favored Lebanon is there was a lot of uh, conflict at the time. Uh, The the, uh, Jews of Palestine were fighting the British. Uh, They wanted the British out. And they were also fighting the Arabs. uh, And and the Arabs were fighting what they saw as um, European settlers, which they were. Uh, And so... Yeah, the the uh, the fact that that this pipeline may may terminate in Haifa was the whole issue back in 1947. Was it going to be in Haifa or was it going to be inside? It that it re- really didn't matter that much as long as it was protected. And what I have come to the conclusion is that 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 very important pipeline carrying Saudi oil was protected by Israel. That was the major power in the region. Uh, the feeling was that the Arabs couldn't be trusted. They were, you know, they were Muslims. And, and we would have much better allies who were Jews, most of them Europeans, that could be counted on in, on protecting that whole region. Um, when I went to Lebanon as a journalist in the early 70s, I always remember people describing Lebanon as the gateway to, to the Middle East. What I came to learn is it really is a gateway to the Middle East oil. That's why that whole area is so heavily monitored. And it, it seems like now is, is the final push. That's what Netanyahu is determined to do. This is his chance. He, he's ignoring the warnings from the United States that this thing is, is becoming untenable because of the loss of lives in Gaza. But he's going to keep pressing on. And, you know, maybe the dream is to get rid of Thomas, then you have security. No financial institution will back a project if there's unrest. So maybe this is prelude to the, the great plan of turning that whole area into energy border. Sorry, I go on like that, Karen. No, I, you're... <laughs> You're a uh, an endless well of critically important information and a viewpoint uh, conspicuously absent from all major media and minor media, by the way, except this media. We're all over the place. So uh, hopefully the right earballs and eye drums will hear this. We're talking to Charlotte Dennett. She is a. Uh, an author, a researcher, attorney, best-selling author. Um, Time Magazine heralded her, the late Howard Zinn, who we used to have on when I was on Air America all the time, uh, spoke about her extraordinary work. She also is the daughter of a former master spy after whom the CIA has now named a wing. She had to sue the CIA to get more information. Um, she has brought forth this critical information that actually, when you pull the camera back, you see why all of this is going on from a different standpoint, and it always goes back to the molecules of oil. Let's talk for a second here in our last few minutes, Charlotte Dennett, about the major factors highlighted in the potential widened war scenario you just alluded to, particularly in the case of Syria, of Russia, of Iran. We all remember the mysterious sabotage of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline in September of 2022, which followed years of efforts by the U.S. to prevent its completion. Why? Well, we feared that Europe's dependence on Russian gas for 40% of its energy needs would accelerate even more 
to the detriment of U.S. oil companies. So, boom, the oil pipeline mysteriously blows up. That oil stops. Russia, Iran, Russia is behind Iran. Iran watching uh, Palestine, Palestine. I mean, they're all sort of interrelated one way or the, the other. DNA-wise, culturally, uh, this thing is just getting worse by the day. Yes, it surely is. It's, it's terribly tragic. And, um, you know, how, how much farther is the obliteration uh, of the Palestinian people going to be allowed? I mean, this is, we're watching genocide on television. That's what's so upsetting. I mean, it's so clear. And, you know, the Biden administration won't call it that. Uh, and instead, you know, they keep referring back to the attack on, on Israel as, as a justification, although this is beginning to change. It is. I mean, they're, they're calling for a humanitarian cause so we can get more medical supplies in. But meanwhile, you know, Israel is just bombing the hell out of Gaza. And what, what are we at, 8,000 dead now? I mean, it's not justifiable. This is, this is not a, a balance of... Uh, retort by Israel. This is sheer follow the plan, obliterate Hamas and and Gaza in the the process. And who knows what's going to happen to the hostages. Maybe they're safe. I don't know. But it's just just amazing to watch this on TV as it's unfolding. Well, that's a great way to end this conversation by how you conclude your book. Your book called uh, Follow the Pipelines, Uncovering the Mystery of a Lost Spy and the Deadly Politics of the Great Game for Oil. So obviously, I'm going to ask you to prognosticate nothing more than pandemic whoopee, but you have decades of history in the past. And so you are, I think, more capably to predict a future than the rest of us just learning about this for the first time. How do you conclude your book? Ended by saying, look, there has been change, certainly since the time I was a reporter in the 70s. Um, <clears throat> there is more understanding uh, on the part, for instance, of American Jews. There's uh, the Jewish Voice for Peace that is playing a really important role now. Uh, they're demonstrating, and they are brave in doing it. But I, I, I'm counting on them to enlarge their forces. And I've often said that you cannot keep raising anti-Semitism against anyone who's critical of Israeli policy towards the Palestinians. Because right now it's under fascist regime. That is Netanyahu. Anyway, I did end my book on a hopeful note that uh, there's, there's, there's greater understanding now than there ever was. And I think actually this latest uh, you know, mammoth attack has, has educated many people around the world. So you see these massive protests. So it's going to change. But uh, at what cost? You know, my father wrote uh, in his um, first analysis of the work he was going to do over there. And he said, we must protect the oil and that was at all costs. And this has been a meme that's just continued all the way up to the present. And what cost? And what human cost? Uh, and what climate costs. And so there is a much elevated understanding in the world that we cannot continue to rely on fossil fuels. Once we stop relying on them, you'll probably find more peace in the Middle East. Then we have to worry about lithium, lithium wars. But cleaning <laughs> yeah. yeah. ourselves off of fossil fuels, this is another component of the whole climate justice. And, and most most uh, uh, people who support uh, alternatives and energy still didn't understand this other aspect that is fossil fuels behind all these endless wars. So I want to raise consciousness on this. Um, obviously, I, I would want people to read my book because of the maps. Here it is. The maps, the maps show everything. And I happen to choose the map of the Saudi pipeline and Iraqi pipeline going to the Eastern Mediterranean because that, that's just the key part. But I, I talk about Yemen and, and the Syrian civil war and so on. 
I want to thank you so much, Charlotte Dennett, attorney, best-selling author, investigative journalist, daughter of the late master spy after whom the CIA has named a wing, revealing the real men behind the war curtain at whose hands we are televising some sort of religious battle and definitely genocide. As the original Dr. Strangelove Henry Kissinger once said, you control the oil, you control the world. Charlotte Dennett's latest book, Follow the Pipelines, Uncovering the Mystery of a Lost Spy and the Deadly Politics of the Great Game for Oil, reveals a dozen secret pipeline maps showing how the distribution of fossil fuels via pipelines has resulted in military protection of those same pipelines, often leading to war, like the wars we're now seeing in Israel, Gaza, Ukraine, and possibly more yet to unfold. I want to thank you so much. Carrie Harrison with you coming up. We're going to look at a brand new therapy that is becoming the paradigm for dealing with PTSD, for dealing with inner turmoil, for dealing with traumas. There is a fix, it turns out, and it comes out of our northern neighbor in Canada, right here on Rethinking Heroes. Listen, well, it's still legal. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now, you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-380-4194. 800-380-4194. That's 800-380-4194. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. That's 800-413-6441. We are in complete control. We are Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. Well, Kerry Harrison with you. This is Rethinking Heroes, RethinkingHeroes.com. Check out our new website. Not up yet, but in a couple of weeks, it's going to be pretty spectacular, and it's going to be responding to a lot of the stuff you guys have been asking for, uh, resources, uh, other things, videos, uh, just cool, in-depth analyses, and, of course, a Substack feed where you're going to be able to get transcripts of everything. Uh, I'm super excited about it. As you know, we're also podcast on Spotify, on Apple, iTunes, every single major streaming platform, including a bunch of other stations here with different formats, even music formats, even MeTV in Palm Springs and K-Gay. How exciting and cool is that? So we're out there doing the good work for you. And as you know, uh, just last September, we hosted the United Nations International Day of World Peace live stream in uh, Zermatt, Switzerland, uh, this show on behalf of all the stations that carry us. So uh, we're out there trying to bring forth the stuff that really is being knocked out of the way, covered up and not dispatched to you freely. But what is being dispatched to you freely right now is something cool that I think if you're alive and you have emotions, this is going to matter to you. Ping to your radar. If you're a veteran, if you're a veteran of just life, this will ping your radar. Here's the question. What if there was nothing wrong with you or me or any of us? Seems impossible, right? A radical idea that goes against the past hundred years of psychotherapy. But thanks to a Canadian researcher and therapist, the emergence of what is called the internal family systems or IFS model is now seeing the human psyche as a habitat where diverse inner people analogous to microbial communities in the gut, where they all coexist. Uh, These inner citizens can engage in conflict, uh, mutual injury, but there is a self 
that can offer stewardship and guidance, accepting disparate parts and dispelling, even removing self-disapproval for inconsistencies or inner conflicts that we have with ourselves. Seems impossible, but it is being done and it's being done successfully. Parts within our inner system, such as protectors, as they're called, think of these as your sort of internal managers and firefighters, along with your exiles, which might be the areas in which you notice your own neuroses and anxieties and, and blocks, each play specific roles. And managers control daily life and prevent vulnerable exiles from emerging. I think you're getting where I'm going with this. While firefighters respond when exiles are triggered, aiming to discomfort or distract. So your inner exiles bear distressing feelings and beliefs usually originating from childhood events. As they say, if it's hysterical, it's historical. And the goal is to release these burdens, seeking attention through habitual self-criticisms or the protective behaviors of other parts. And that's sort of how we cope. Well, with me is Derek Scott, founder of Internal Family Systems Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model as taught to him by its longtime originator, Dr. Schwartz. And this revolutionary new mental health field is now the emerging mental health paradigm. With 35, experience, uh, 35 years experience and intensive uh, uh, experience also as a social worker, Derek Scott has published numerous articles and journals, as well as contributing to chapters of textbooks and dealing with therapeutic methods and practice. Derek Scott, I want to welcome you to Rethinking Heroes. Thanks, Gary. I heard all of it. One of the problems with, excuse me, <clears throat> one of the problems with a therapist is really good with people, not so good with tech. So my apologies <laughs> for that. <laughs> well, we're here to help and we sure know how to take a break. So, all right. <laughs> We're done with that. We are back. We're talking to Derek Scott. And let, let's talk about the these internal systems and how the analogy of symbiotic relationships and inner people trapped inside of us, each with different personalities and functions, all coexisting at the same time doing battle, how that explains the complexity of our inner world. Sure. Well, they're not necessarily trapped. And some of them may be doing battle, but not all of them. So let me let me speak a little bit to that. You know, if I were to say to you, Carrie, if we were friends, I might say, hey, do you want to go for lunch on Friday? And you might say, eh, Derek, part of me does, part of me doesn't, right? We talk about the different parts of us all the time. You watch movies, you watch TV shows, a character will say, part of me didn't like that. We do it all the time. So what this model of understanding the personality is about is its founder, Dick Schwartz, uh, started listening to his clients, and they would say, a part of me, and I said, oh, um, what happens if we get curious about that part of you? So if you said to me, part of me wants to go for lunch, part of me doesn't, I might say, Carrie, the part of you that wants to go for lunch with me, how come? You might say, you know, I, I want to hang out with you, get to know you better. And the part of you that doesn't want to go for lunch with me, oh, I like to keep my Fridays free. Right? So we do this all the time. What the, the gift of Dick Schwartz's work is that he's recognized that this is uh, how the personality is. It operates as a system. And these different parts of us exist independently, and they all have different roles. Now, you've got loads of parts. You might say there's a party that likes cooking, there's a party that likes booking your dogs, there's a party that likes going to yoga, whatever. And science fiction. Let's not leave that out. Right, of course. Hello. Where would we be without Dune? Right. So therapeutically, what happens is uh, some parts of us, when we're kids usually, we're not wired, for example, to uh, experience shame, right? Shame is really difficult for our systems to experience because we're meant to be nurtured, right? We're mammals. You look at any mammalian species. No mammalian species harms its young, except us, right? So one of the ways we harm our young is by shaming kids. It's been going on for generations. It's passed down through the family. Why do we shame our kids? It's a very effective form of behavior control. Why? You'll do anything to avoid it. It's a horrible, horrible feeling that there's something wrong with me, that I'm unlovable, that I don't belong, that I shouldn't have been born. Right? That's how shame can present. And so what happens when we're shamed, when we're little, we don't know how to deal with it. So a part of that system steps forward. If you like, it takes the hit. And that part takes on those beliefs. There's something wrong with me. I'm unlovable. My parents don't love me because there's something wrong with me. 
that gets pushed to a corner of the psyche. That's what we call an exile, holding all that pain. We're looking at really this as we are finding out, it's a new paradigm. So while Siggy Freud maybe had you lay on a couch and then later we did transcendental meditation and there's a million practices, as you also point out yoga, there's a thousand ways to skin this cat. But this one really seems to zero in uh, and it gets down to the different characters that inhabit each of us with different appetites and tastes and different functions and fields. How do you as a therapist like activate these and, and move them around properly? No, you don't need to activate them. They get activated all by themselves. right? But what, what you notice, what you want to look for is if you're having a big reaction to something. Right. So let's say, I don't know, let's say, um, uh, I go to the coffee shop, I spill my coffee, and the barista looks at me with, and rolls their eyes, right? And a part of me just wants to rip their face off, right? So that's a yes, big yes, reaction, yes. right? Maybe not in the United States, but in Canada, that's a big reaction, right? So, so we look for, okay, that party, they just got so angry, right? How come I got so angry? We get curious. But internally, I ask that part of me, or I'll get my client to ask that part of them, can you get curious about what's going on? That angry part will let you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. They have no right to do that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. And is there a part that you're protective of? That's why we know it's a protective part, right? And it will say, if you ask it genuinely, yeah, yeah. There's a part of me that felt really shamed by that barista. Oh, could we get to know that one? We get to know that one. We track it back. How long have you felt that shame? How long have you been in the system holding this position? It'll track back to being five, six, three years old. And it's been shamed. And so this external event is how it gets our attention. And the protector shoots up real fast, right? Because the protector doesn't want us to get shamed again. We're talking right now to Derek Scott. He's the founder of Internal Family Systems of Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model as taught to him by its longtime originator, Dick Schwartz. This revolutionary new mental health field is now the emerging mental health paradigm. 35 years experience, intensive experience as a social worker. Derek Scott's published numerous articles and journals, as well as contributing to chapters of textbooks dealing with therapeutic methods and practice. And Derek Scott, uh, full disclosure, I did this with you because I wouldn't bring somebody on and reveal uh, a paradigm unless I knew about it or knew that it was real. It's real. Uh, you you know, met these parts of me that I actually did not know they were there. They were acting out to use childlike language, but it's, it is childlike, isn't it? At least in my it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, really we've got a whole bunch of kids in there. been running the show since you were like five, six, seven years old. And then you look at the state of the world and you've got like, you know, angry kids acting out or kids that are like worried that you're going to steal their candy. Right. And a lot of the distress we see in the world, it comes from this. Right. And there's a lot of, you know, that you've heard people say for years, oh, you just need to love yourself more. Right. Well, that becomes another should. However, with the IFS understanding, that's exactly what we can do because every single part of us, Carrie, has a positive intent. That's why there's nothing wrong with us. Right. Well, that's that's a powerful statement because a lot of people are convinced there's something wrong with them. Certainly they've been told for decades there's something wrong with you, including by their therapists, not practicing this particular discipline. So they're convinced it must be true. They've even been fired from jobs. There's something wrong with me. But there's just just parts that are maybe working against each other that can get unstuck. Yeah. So what you've got is if you've got an extreme distress in the system, apart holding pain, you're going to have extreme protectors, right? So if your boss shames you and you tell them to go away in very extreme language, uh, chances are you're going to get fired. On the way home from being fired, another party is going to beat you up for losing control, for you know being not right. being able to control, blah blah blah. So those are what we call polarized parts, right? The managers want us to look good. But that firefighter shoots up when we get um, shamed. And that's where the tension can happen in the psyche. But if you ask them, those parts that are fighting with each other, they both have a positive intent. They're both trying to protect us. Up to and including, and this might sound bizarre, suicidal parts. Terminate your reality. You can't take it anymore. If the reality is pain, if reality means living with so much pain, 
then the suicidal part of us will say, okay, we've tried the MDR, we've tried the ayahuasca retreats, we've tried CBT therapy, we've tried um, being in recovery and then falling off the wagon. I mean, we tried, we have nothing, nothing's worked. At the end of the day, life seems to be about being in pain or temporary avoidance of it. That's not much of a life. And so the suicidal part wants to end the pain. Now, if I'm working with a suicidal part, I'll say, hey, could you give me three sessions to see if we can shift that relationship to the pain? And then I'll get the clients, what we call self-energy online, their curiosity, their compassion, listening to the part of them that's in pain. And here's the gift of this work. When a part holding pain is fully witnessed by the individual with compassion, which is all needed at the time it took on the pain, it can release that pain. If pain is taken on, if emotional pain is taken on, shame, for example, it can be released. It's not innate. And that results in the system being much more peaceful, being much more harmonious, and no longer being vulnerable to shame. We're both gay men, right? So we were raised to be told that we were deviants and perverts and all the rest of it by the wonderful broader culture that we live in and how welcoming it is of everybody's <laughs> diverse reality, right? So some part of us may have taken that on. Now that makes us vulnerable to homophobic comments because, sure. oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm 12 years old and I like Timmy. I've got to be disgusting, right? So, but if I listen in to my 12-year-old partner and say, hey, sweetie, that's just how you love. That's just how you love, and love is never bad or wrong. It's beautiful, right? Then it can go, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? So I don't need to hold that anymore? No, you don't. You can release that. We'll invite it to release it, typically to one of the elements or the light. doesn't really matter. Then we invite that part to take in what's true for it. And what's true for my 12-year-old boy is he loves he loves boys, he loves men, he loves girls, not particularly sexually, right? But he loves their company. He just loves, he loves dogs, he loves his mom, he loves his dad, the beautiful little boy. And he now knows that. He's released the false beliefs that there's something wrong with him. And it's the most beautiful way of healing. It results in inner peace. It's a methodology for loving yourself more instead of just an idea. And when we live with more peace inside, we're more likely to be kind to our neighbors. And your previous guest was talking about peace in the Middle East. We have so much going on right now, so much conflict. We look ahead and it looks, it looks like we're going to have a pretty hard time in the next few decades. And if we don't evolve, if we don't begin to manifest more compassion with ourselves, with our parts and with others, we're going to have a very hard time. Right? And it's a difference between, you know, if I've got a climate um refugee coming into Canada, I might go, well, you know, uh, it's your fault. I, I, I don't live where you live. I've just got to hold on to my food for myself, right? Because I'm, I'm frightened and there's a scarcity part going on in here. If I could work that out, I'm more likely to say, I can be a little bit hungry because I've got this over bread so that you can live. Preventing truth decay. Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you use insulin or have had hypoglycemic events, you may qualify. Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-413-6441. 800-413-6441. That's 800-413-6441. Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because I personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special debt hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse and put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-380-4194. 800-380-4194. That's 800-380-4194. Rethinking Heroes with Kerry Harrison. RethinkingHeroes.com. 
We're talking to Derek Scott. He's the founder of Internal Family Systems Canada, dedicated to teaching the expanded model, as was personally taught to him by its originator. It's a revolutionary new mental health field. Now the emerging mental health paradigm. He's got 35 years experience, has worked really all over the place. So it's not armchair psychology or book learn. It's real in the field stuff. And this is a game changer. So if you've tried uh, EMDR, which is really good and other things that are also really good this one seems to be the home run and everyone is following it and derek actually teaches this to other instructors that want to learn it other therapists i'm going to give out his website you can familiarize yourself with it while you're listening it's ifsca ifsca.ca .ca is Canada, ifsca.canada. You can also check out his YouTube channel under Derek Scott. Let's take a second here, Derek, and talk about as the patient, as the person receiving this therapy, we have uh, an active role in this as well. You don't just go sit down and go blah, 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 go home and there, Bob's your uncle, as you would say in England. Um, there's a little bit of uh, homework, isn't there, for us to continue to heal? Well, yeah, if you're coming in for uh, healing, uh, that's your work to do. As an IFS therapist, I would guide you into that work. So, for example, if if you said, uh, oh, you know, I was such an asshole last night, blah, 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 blah. I might say, so, Carrie, sounds like you got a part that did that behavior, a part that's judging it for being an asshole, right? Notice that. We'll, we'll use a different word if we can. Asshat. Can we go with that? Yes, that's nicer. Yes. All right, idiot. Let's go with idiot. Sorry. Yeah, let's do that. All right, so there's a part who's acting like an idiot, so I can't believe I did that. Okay, Carrie, so there was a part doing the behavior. There's a part judging it, right? Notice both of them. Would it be okay with the one judging it to find out how come it did that behavior, right? So let's say you were at a party last night and you uh, made a bit of a fool of yourself. I don't know, you danced on the table or something, right? And then the next day you say, oh, I can't believe I did that. How come that part danced on the table? right? Well, um, it was wanting to get some attention. Oh, how come it was doing that? Well, because I have a socially anxious part that doesn't know what to do. <laughs> so that one jumped in and figured dancing on the table might be a good idea. Oh, okay. Could we get to know the socially anxious part that it was protecting, right? And then socially anxious parts, you, I don't know if you've ever watched kids being dropped off the first day of school. It's a perfect environment for social anxiety. <laughs> what did I say to my kid when I dropped her off? Go and play. She looks around. There's these other five-year-olds. There's one kid's licking another kid's face, right? Another kid's doing some <laughs> weird stuff. And she's never been in an environment with 30 strange people before, right? Go and play. What a ridiculous thing to say to her. No wonder we get socially anxious and you can track it back to those kind of environments, right? So it's uh, to, to make a, a, a summary assessment here, and I'm just pulling this out of thin air, but if I view myself as a broken plate, then I'm going to act like a broken plate because that's what I believe. Uh, yeah. but, but I can learn that maybe there might be parts that could fit better, but really it's just a plate. Well, there's a part of you that believes it's a broken plate. We want to get yeah. to know where it picked up that belief because it's not true. But where did it pick up that belief? That's what we want to find out. And then we can help it to release that belief because it's been taken on. It can be released. It's not innate. We are not born broken plates. You would never look at a baby and say, yeah, that one looks broken. I mean, it's ridiculous. So if somewhere along that baby's lifeline, we look at it and say it's broken or it believes it's broken, where did that baby pick that up? Because it ain't true. If it's not true for the baby, it's not true for the grown-up. So, so that belief got taken on somewhere. You know, I wonder if some of this uh, is a little bit like as some religions may find that it's easier to have groups of people, you know, throw money in the bucket, show up on Sunday on time, behave a certain way and sort of dance to the same drum by removing all these choices and making these choices vulgar choices and incorrect mm -hmm. choices and shameful mm -hmm. choices. And you end up being marginalized and reduced to a movable object. And then you're unaware that that's why you're like that and frustrated, acting out, exploding all the time. 
And with this, it's very freeing. And then I think you can start to choose what you're going to explode at, or maybe you don't explode anymore. I mean, I actually (laughs) experienced a really positive effect because now I'm aware when I do something, I'm like, oh, I know why I did that. Uh, And and I'm, and I'm positively busted. I'll put it that way. uh, Yeah. So, you know, I'll share with you. Part of me finds it obscene how some people, some people in what they call religion and in what they call Christianity, some, not by any means all, but some will exploit that sense of I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, and reinforce it and capitalize on it. And to me, that's an obscenity, especially in the name of religion and of Christianity. If there are folks listening who are identified as Christian, one way to look at this work is the different parts of us that require compassion. If you've got a Christian framework, you could say, how would Jesus respond to those parts of you with love and with compassion? Can you respond to those parts of you with love and with compassion? Because because that's what's at your core, that compassionate, loving being. And when you bring that to the parts of you that are in distress, you can facilitate the healing. And why would you not do that? Now that we know we can do that. But first we have to understand, as Dick Schwartz brought us this understanding, we have a bunch of parts. And at our core, we have what we call self, which is that compassionate, courageous, kind, loving, calm, peaceful center. I'll give you a quick example of it in case there are folks going, no, no, you don't know me. I've done, you know, I'm a terrible person. Um, if you were to see, Carrie, if you leave your apartment today, step outside, you look a little way down the um, sidewalk, and then you see a kid, maybe, maybe eight years old, head in hands, sobbing. You look around, there's no other kids around. You look around, there's no other adults around. What was your impulse? I'd approach the the kid and say, what's what's wrong? And offer comfort. It's just a natural instinct, I think. So that's all we're talking about. That's what's at your core. That natural, compassionate, there's a vulnerable being, let me help you. That's what, what's at the core of all of us. No matter what's happened, no matter the trauma, that remains at our core. We don't have to learn that by being nurtured by good parents. It exists within all of us. And that's also the, the aspect of our being that can provide the healing to the parts of us that carry the distress. That's all I'm talking about. It's that simple. Well, what a great way to end. I want to thank you so much, Derek Scott, for joining us today on Rethinking Heroes. Uh, the origin of this show is really to deal, uh, to help veterans and other people afflicted uh, in, in a world that's spinning out of control. And this is such an ameliorative fix and an option that many of us did not know about. I'm going to give out your YouTube channel again. It's just YouTube, just Derek, D-E-R-E-K, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, D-E-R-E-K-S-C-O-T-T on YouTube. His website is I-F as in India, uh, F as in <laughs> France, S as in succumb, C as in Charles, A as in alpha, dot C-A, C-A is, is uh, Canada, I-F-S-C-A dot C-A. Carrie Harris with you. This is Rethinking Heroes. Thank you so much for joining us today. Looking very much forward to seeing you next week. And again, my thanks to Derek Scott. My thanks to Charlotte Dennett. My thanks to all the wonderful radio stations that uh, support and bolster all information which otherwise would not exist if a few of us weren't willing to put it out there and uh, (laughs) take an occasional pummeling for getting it out. Rethinking Heroes with Carrie Harrison. Life after the military. RethinkingHeroes.com. Copyright Audiences United, LLC. All rights reserved. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred not tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 855-525-7448-855-525-7448-855-525-7448. That's 855-525-7448.
How would you like to get high-speed internet for your home for less than $2 a day? That's right. For about 50 bucks a month, you'll get lightning-fast internet. Are you paying less than 50 bucks a month right now for your internet? Then call Whole Home Connect right now for blazing-fast internet at 50 bucks a month with no price increases, no hidden fees, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. It's a great deal. And guess what? You can try it for 15 days. If you don't like it, you get your money back. But you're going to love it. And you're going to love the price. Internet for your home for 50 bucks a month. That's less than 2 bucks a day. Plus, no contracts, no upfront costs, no equipment fees. And our 15-day guarantee. Call now. 800-846-2124. 800-846-2124. 800-846-2124. That's 800-846-2124.